what is up guys happy draft day uh i hope you're excited uh, i'm putting this out right before day one of the draft obviously today isn't going to be that exciting for us 49ers fans um, I think I will come on here and have just kind of a reaction, uh, especially just in regards to what the rest of the NFC West does and just kind of anything else that I think is interesting. Um, and then uh, definitely a lot more will be happening Friday and Saturday. I'll be hopping on with John Chapman uh, at the end of day two, probably around like 6 p.m. when I get off of work on Friday. And then I'll probably be hopping on some other podcasts uh, hopefully on Saturday for day three of the draft, and then just doing some more breakdowns. So very excited about the draft. Um, the draft guide is out. So again, just keep hitting me up on Twitter if you want one. Um, at Brian PNW99. I think I've probably sent out like 30 or 40 copies so far. Uh, so far, just good feedback. So appreciate all of you. Uh, I hope that you're getting some value from the draft guide. I'm sure you'll get to start using it tomorrow. Um, but as far as this episode goes, um, I had a chance to jump on, uh, no border sports and, uh, talk draft picks, uh, Niners just in general. Um, this is a long kind of conversation that we had, but it was a lot of fun and I know it goes for like two hours. Um, but you know, it was a good time. You know, we, we talked about draft picks. We debated a bit on some things. Uh, we talked about other kind of rumors. We talked about uh, just a ton of different like 49er stuff and just football in general. Uh, so this was definitely more of a uh, kind of casual, more just like hang out and talk 49ers football for two hours. Um, but anyways, I figured it'd be good to post it. So I hope you enjoy. And uh, without further ado, here is uh, Brian and uh, No Border Sports talking 49ers football. Go Niners. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? We are back to Snowboarder Sports. I am Crypto Ryan with Brian Carter 99 from, well, he's got his own, uh, he's got his own uh, podcast, but on Twitter, he's Brian uh, PNW 99. Uh, Brian, what up? Yeah. It's always kind of cool talking with somebody who's a, a fellow Pacific Northwester. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find those in uh, 49ers colors. Yep, yep. It's uh always interesting to go out and talk shit to Seahawks fans all the time. <laughs> yeah, real quick, yeah, do you want to let practically everybody... neighbors? People might not know this, but we've talked about this. We live 20, 30 minutes away from each other, which is pretty cool too. Yeah. Uh real quick before we get into it, do you want to tell them where people can find your uh podcast? There is a link into the description also with his Twitter, but I'll let him explain things and Tell them how frequently how frequently you post. Uh, inconsistently. Recently, I've been posting a lot. I've probably had like fifteen or twenty podcasts. Uh, yeah, we're both from Northwest Washington. We both live. Uh, I live like twenty minutes from the Canadian border, and he's a half hour south away. Um, but yeah, you know, Joe's, in, Joe's in Maple Valley. He was actually up here in Mount Vernon not a couple weeks oh, nice. ago. 
uh, down Walker Valley, um, taking his Jeep all up in the in the spots. There you go. Some good good stuff in the mountains up here. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the podcast is inconsistent. Recently, I've been posting a whole bunch of them, like I said, like 15 to 20 within the last week. Um, during the season, I'll usually do uh, one every week or two, just kind of reacting. And then the off season, it just kind of depends. But I mean, in a bare minimum, I'll post a couple a month. And uh, when things get really busy, uh, like this week, it's like I said, I've done like, I think 15 in the last like week, uh, just like so much draft stuff before things coming up. And uh, yeah, just uh, either Apple podcast or Spotify. I'm on both of those. Just type in Brian Carter, nine, nine, no spaces or anything. And uh, should be a picture of me kind of a uh, karate chopping the ocean there with a Niners hat and a big 49ers logo. <laughs> that is the most, most Bellingham looking picture ever I've seen. I think I took it in Seattle, but yeah, <laughs> really? Well, it's, well, it's the same coastline, you know what I'm saying? Same overcast. Like, yep. Bellingham is little Seattle and Seattle and San Francisco are sister cities. So essentially Bellingham is San Francisco. So you did, you yeah. all didn't know that, but I'm vouching for it. Just so you know, hey, fair enough. I will all agree with that logic. That meant that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, you have put out a, uh, what is it? An 85 page draft report, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over 220 players. I forget exactly how many, um, but over there- 220 player write-ups. I watched one to three games of every single player. Uh, if I didn't watch at least one full game, I didn't write any notes. Um, but I watched a couple of games of over 200 guys and it's an Jeez. 85 page PDF, no pictures or anything. It's just size 12 times new Roman. I put it out there for all the Niners fans. It's basically everybody from third round on, like nobody who's expected you on the first round. I think there's a couple of guys who are like second rounders just in case they drop. Uh, but it's pretty much just third round to the end of the draft. Um, you know, all those late round guys that we're going to be picking from, it starts at 99. So if somebody was in the top 50, didn't even look at them. Okay. So, with that oh if if somebody wants to get that where how would would they just reach out to you on twitter yep just shoot me a message on twitter uh if you can't dm me directly i know twitter is weird just uh you know at me just hey at can i get the the draft companion and i'll email it over it's like a one megabyte pdf so yeah i'm just giving it to the world to me (laughs) Uh, yeah i didn't know what the thing was but you know if if you want people to have it, let's let them know how to get it. Oh, shoot. We got a little spongy in the house. Shout out to little spongy. Unfortunately, this poor kid has a disability um, that plagues him. He is an Eagles fan. Oh, so I am, I just, I am so sorry to hear that. Nomina Patre, isn't there something you have to say when you do? I, I don't know, but I, I just hope the best for him. Hopefully it, it works itself out. <laughs> but shout out to little spongy. Really appreciate you coming in, sponge. Uh, that's uh <laughs> oh shit we got darwin's raven in the house we got <laughs> incurable incurable yes it is uh at least it's not infectious unless you spend a lot of time in philadelphia yeah. with those mouth breathers 
Um, yeah. Never been sorry. there. I've heard some good things about it. I love Philly cheesesteaks, but uh, never been there. Have you heard good so. things about it? I've heard there's some good things about Philly. I mean, they've got Philly cheesesteaks, which are delicious. So, Yeah. That's that's you, one thing. You telling me I can't find a, a sub roll, some cheese whiz, some sliced up thin meat, and some onions and peppers, <laughs> some salt, and some, and some steak seasoning? You, you telling I, me I, I can't would, wrestle that up? I would dare you to tell somebody from Philadelphia that to their face. <laughs> i wouldn't why because they'll fight you too they will fight you <laughs> yes but with anybody who doesn't ha- wear a curved bill hat ever i'm sorry i'm not scared of you know what i'm saying yeah fair uh, enough no yeah yeah exactly philly cheesesteak cheese is legit it's great I, I don't even like onions and peppers so feel me so they wouldn't like me anyways i'd be like i just want the meat and the cheese you can keep all the rest of the stuff in fact you can put some lettuce and tomato in there and they'd be like hey, hey, get out of here please you know don't I mean? tell me you put like cheese on your steak or something crazy no not at all okay good i i used to be uh i used to work at the golden crowl and uh, we all you, oh, can, you, know, high you class. know the one in Marisville? bro but all you can eat steak <laughs> and shrimp bro and i i know what it's like you know i'm not I'm a, a steak snob when it comes to certain things. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fair if you, enough. If you're talking about well done, I'm like, like people who like a well done steak know what 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 well done is, but they don't understand how good medium rare is because they will never yeah, let themselves no, try. Always it, medium rare. Always. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes he's still on the playground where he spends most of his days yes yeah little spongy is not even old enough to drive a car yet so shout out oh that that drinks to you little spongy what we drinking on today was that a sauvignon blanc or what we got going on uh i got a cab sav actually it's uh this is the wine of today I'm, gotcha. a, I'm a bit of a wino. I probably drink a glass every night. Oh, I don't really like great. beer, so I drink a glass of wine every night. I Pay found <laughs> I found wine. I like drinking wine when I paint because it gives me this euphoric feeling, okay. and I I know when to stop. It, like I I'm so euphoric. I look at it and I go, "That's perfect." And then yeah. I leave it as that and I go on to the next thing. You know what I mean? It it helps me just stop. Like if I'm stoned, I might just, you know, oh, I can make this better. And then I keep do too much. You know what I'm saying? I do abstracts. So like I'm not trying to mess things up too much. Do too much. Fair enough. I just let's, like I, I like sipping it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into the draft. You know, on a hot summer day, I, I do like a good beer on a hot summer day, but yeah. Anyways, yeah, let's talk draft stuff. I'm I'm pumped. So, so let's get into it. Um, personally, I think 49ers are going to go defensive end, tight end, safety with the 99, 101, and 102. Kind of okay. flatter me here and, and explain to me a couple options in that range for each of those position groups. And then we'll kind of go at other position groups in that same place around that area afterwards. Yeah. So defensive end, if 
I'm just going to try and go in order that you mentioned them. If, if we're starting defensive end, I would say the guy that I would want more than anybody at defensive end, if he's still there would be Isaiah McGuire, uh, the defensive end out of uh, Missouri. I don't think he's going to drop that far. Um, I think he was looked at as kind of like a fourth round guy. And now he's been kind of moving up into like potential third round as more people get a feel for him. Um, but he's a perfect 49ers, you know, four, three defensive end. He's six foot four, 265 ish pounds, 35 long inch arms. So he's got the size, he's got the length. Um, he's a really good, uh, playing against the run so he can set an edge and he has enough bend and burst that he can work around offensive tackles. So you can actually pressure the quarterback from outside. I know there's a, a lot of other guys that people like that. I just didn't see any of the, I didn't see any plays with a lot of these guys winning around the tackles. A lot of them were winning on the, with like inside moves. This guy can win around the tackle. He's got a dip. He's got a dip and rip. He's got cross chop moves. Uh, I've seen him make swim moves to the inside, but he would be probably like my number one guy. Um, another gr- guy that would be great there would be Derek Hall out of Auburn. Um, don't know if he's there. He is uh, a little smaller at 6'3", 255. Um, and I don't think that he has quite the uh, technical skill set, but in terms of an athlete, much more explosive, a lot faster. He ran in the four fives, like super fast off the edge kind of burst guy. Um, another guy that would probably be good at uh, like 100. Those would be my favorites. Um, Keon White would be fun. He's more of a bigger power end that you can kick inside. Uh, Byron Young out of Tennessee. I know a lot of people really like him. I don't. Um freaky freaky athlete um but i just didn't he's 25 years old and he still doesn't know how to rush the passer like he's a crazy athlete you could just say hey go get him but if you're 25 years old and you haven't really developed the technical skill set that gives me big pause uh yeah but that might be the main guy real quick isn't that isn't that the type that kyle loves to go for like you know, that if they fall a little bit, Kyle's like, oh, that's a great pick right here. You know what I mean? They're a great athlete. There's got so much potential. We got Chris Kosurik. We could, you know what I mean? Yeah. You see that. I mean, and that is the X factor that the Niners have is Chris Kosarek. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of defensive ends in this class that I like. There's not a whole lot that I would say are the total package. That's why I'm saying like if Isaiah McGuire is there, like he's the guy that I'm pounding the table for. There's other guys in this class that I think can be uh, productive because, you know, the way that we work, we have nine or 10 defensive linemen that we keep on the team. We have eight active on game day. So it's not just like the four guys, it's the four guys and then the next four guys. So it's not just, Hey, who's, you know, who's going out there like Bosa and Drake Jackson, but it's, Hey, and we need it. We need a and guy Drake who Jackson can and Cleveland Farrell and one or two other guys. We need a guy who can hold up in the run game. And it seemed like, uh, Oh geez. I'm just blanking his name. Uh, Jackson. Uh, it seemed like he was having issues in the run game and he was doing great during the past game, 
but yeah. you can't you can't just be a pass down end in our scheme. You have to be able to play the run because you don't always get to get substituted out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be kept in and they know you're in and you're bad at running and they'll run at you all game long until someone calls a timeout or they have to make personnel changes. Yes, no, I agree. I, I hope that uh, Drake Jackson has just been in the weight room basically this whole offseason because he's got talent, he's got bend, he's got size, he's got length. He just you could kind of tell when they draft him that he had, you know, maybe a couple extra LBs around the middle. You compare that to Bosa, who has like an eight pack and they weigh the same. If uh, I think if Drake Jackson just like hits the weights, he'll be stronger holding up on the edge. He's only 21 years old. Maybe, maybe he doesn't know how to like eat and work out properly. And you know, that, that second year. He also step. doesn't have his NFL body. It usually takes a player about yeah. two years to really get up to par with everybody else in their position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you're that young. I mean, he's 21, you know? So yeah, I'm hopeful for Drake, but I definitely think we should take an edge or two. Um, so yeah, those would probably be my guys at uh, around that like 99 to 102 range. Uh, you said also safety and tight end. Uh, yes. Which one do you want to go over first? Let's go safety. Okay. Uh, my favorite safeties at late in the third. So... I don't know if any of these guys fall to us, but any one of them, Jordan Battle out of Alabama, Jamie Robinson out of Florida State, Chris Smith out of Georgia. Um, if any of those guys are there, then I would run that in. Um, I think they're all really good players. Safeties typically drop a little bit in the draft. Um, but I mean, you know, you're looking at, you know, an Alabama safety, a Georgia safety, uh, they could both play, you know, free safety or slot. They're kind of hybrids. Jamie Robinson is a little bit more of a free safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like all three of those guys. I would, I'd run it in if they're there. Um, I do have some guys that I like later on, but if those okay. guys are there, I would, I would jump on that. No, let's move to tight them. end because I feel, I think we can, if you think that we might address that later, like safeties later, then I think we'll also probably uh, address right tackle later. Yeah, it seems yeah, like I there's mean, two, there's two, two sets of tackle groups taken in the first couple of rounds. And it seems like the first one ends somewhere in the second or third early in the, the late second or third. And then like somewhere around the fourth, you know, it seems like the next group of tackles pick up and start going off the board. So yeah. let's let's go with, talk was, about uh, tight ends right now, and then we'll maybe we'll switch down the board a little bit. Kind of go from go there. Re, re up, revisit some safeties or something. Yeah, and some tackles. And I like the one thing you mentioned there about there being like groupings. Um, it was interesting going through and kind of like giving grades for these guys. And this is all just like my personal opinion, obviously. Right. Um. But it was interesting because I definitely saw groups like offensive tackles. It feels like there's a there's like three or four of them that are right there in like the the like ninety not the ninety to like one ten kind of range as far as like hey there's there's a couple guys right here and then there's not really anybody until like 
you know, late fourth. So, you know, you skip like 30 or 50 spots. And then there's a couple other that are kind of right there too. Just in terms of like, there's a group around like the mid late third. Then there's a group in like the, the mid late fourth into the fifth in terms of like tackle. And it was kind of similar like that with tight end. Like, I feel like I have like five tight ends with like a fourth to fifth round grade. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch of them where I'm like, yeah, fourth round. Yeah. I love it. Fifth round. I love it. Um, yeah. If we're going to go tight end in the third round, um, Sam Laporta is not going to drop that far. Out of I Iowa. don't think so whatsoever. That, that's, that's, if it's, he does, if he does the, the rest of the league is just fucking ignorant. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? There's yeah. no way you get beasted by George Kittle over and over and over again and not try to take any shot you can at getting yourself a George Kittle the moment they come out. Yeah, I'm not no, saying he's going in the first round, but you know what I'm saying? Like somebody there, everybody's going to be waiting to, oh, when's the best time to pull the trigger on Laporta? You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's going to be like, I'm good with him right now. And everybody's going to go like, yeah. oh. I think it's probably going to be in the second round. Um, Because I mean, yeah. He's just, he's so good. I mean, he ran a sub four, six, he had like a six, nine, three cone. I don't care about 40s. So like speed. Well, it's not everything, but you gotta it's have not some anything. level of speed. It doesn't, it doesn't ever compute. Tell me all those people in the last year's draft where they had all this smoke or last year's, hold on. We're the, last best, year's we're the best tight ends in the NFL. Hold on. So last year in the, in the combine, we had a whole bunch of blistering speeds, right? Can you tell me how many of those people set the highest speed in game? None of them. You had, you had Talanoa Funga with one of the fastest recorded times. And he had one of the slowest 40 times in his position group. The 40, 40 yard doesn't mean shit. You're Fair talking enough. about, you're coming out there in underwear. You're not even lining up in the stance that you're supposed to be in. You don't have your pants. You don't have your pads on. What are you really doing? There's no yeah, breakdown. You. you know, there's no nothing. Look, Fair enough. What I, I think they need to do something way better with the their combine. Best, the best tight ends in the NFL, though, have a certain <laughs> level of speed. Well, yeah. But at, at, if you can't say, if you can't look at, at Talanoho Fungus 40 time at the combine and then go and look at what he did on the field and next-gen stats, and you you oh, can no, see that how it doesn't look. I agree with that. What I'm saying is that if there's a guy that looks slow in the game and a guy that looks fast in a game, I'm going to mm -hmm. go with the guy who looks fast and Sam Laporta looks fast and he ran fast. That's all I'm saying. Right. Sam Laporta is I, I got you there. But that's really not anything. Gronk is slow as hell. He can get open. Gronk yeah. is clunking down the field and somehow he can get a two yard gap, bro. Yeah, no, that's bro. true. He was also bro. bigger than everybody. Hey, bro, look at, look at, uh, Dwelly. Dwelly is not fast. He can get open. He can get open. I guess, but he doesn't move the and needle at all. It. He doesn't he move like the needle six, because they never like four to throw six it to him. A year. Cause they <laughs> never throw it to him. They never put him in there. That's he why got, when they he got beat him. out by Tyler Croft. Right, but why? Because he's because he's not a needle mover. That's why we want a tight end. He got beat out by Croft because 
Croft is a flashier player. I think Croft is just a better blocker. Okay. So tell me how that's going to that's going to win you a game in the red zone. Really? Like tell me how many how many drop passes Dwelly had. You could probably count you could probably count the amount of times he <laughs> dropped the ball in his career with the 49ers on one hand. Fair enough. You can probably count the number of his catches on two hands. <laughs> because Anyways, he doesn't though. get them. Yeah. It doesn't get the chance. Anyways, all I'm saying, my my whole point there was that oh, Thank way to go, know. dude. 300. That's awesome. My whole point was basically just that Sam Laporte is a hell of an athlete. He's fast. He gets yards after catch. He breaks tackles. He's a badass. He's probably not going to be there for us. Um, in the third round, I think probably Tucker Craft I might go with. Um, I feel like he got so hyped that he was a little bit uh, a little bit kind of overrated. Are you familiar Tucker Craft out of uh, South Dakota State? No. I have not seen him around in my mock drafts in that area, so I haven't really done gone. anything. He's usually yeah, gone that could by probably then. Be why. And I think it's because people like his physical traits because he's like 6'5", 255, and he ran a 4'6". But I, don't, I was not as impressed with his game film because when you're that much of like a physical man amongst kids – especially in the uh, FCS, I was expecting him to dominate a bit more at that level. So he might be somebody who drops. And if he's there in the late third or fourth, I would really like him. Um, but those would probably be the only two guys that I would snag at 101. Uh, just because there's like five guys that I would happily take in the fifth round that I think will be there. Okay. Uh, Virginia Tech safety. Which one's the Virginia Tech safety? I don't know. That would be Joe's question. Joe, that's the one that lives in Maple Valley. Okay. He works in Seattle on uh, hydraulic equipment. Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, who was out of Virginia, Virginia Tech. I don't know. I'm trying to scan through here. I may or may not have looked at him, but it doesn't sound familiar. If you want to shoot us a name. Definitely, yeah, Joe, uh, he he might be asking in the this earlier rounds because uh he's a Seahawks fan, so he's got all his picks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's he's hoping they get uh, he he wants Jalen Carter and then who else do you want? Who who do you want your second pick in the first draft first round to be? And then he wants to get Head and Hooker in the the second round. That's his that's his end all be all he wants two defensive guys there in the first round and then get hand and hooker in the second it's not a bad strategy he says he's a later round guy oh right here tomorrow connor um i'm not familiar i i did not watch any game film on him so i don't know it sounds a little bit familiar it's that's the other guy he wants jack campbell the yeah, that I, the, I didn't watch Jack Campbell, but I think he's probably is that the linebacker. Is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. like a, I guess like one of the I, best linebackers. Oh, they were. They, looks like uh, who's it? Uh, Lambert from the from the Steelers. 
Okay. He's like the way he plays. He looks at it. so like, <laughs> they love him. They think he plays with his hair on fire. And if that's the case, I hope they don't get him. I've heard good things about I've heard really good things about Jack Campbell. Yeah. But again, like he's a guy that's probably gonna be long gone before we yes. pick. I think I my understanding, and this is just based off of like other podcasts and stuff, is that he's probably going in the second round. He's probably gonna be one of the first three linebackers taken. Oh, it's Shamari Connor. Shamari Connor. Shamari. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing about him. Uh I did not watch anything, so Sorry. No, no, you're all good. Let's move to pick 157, 175. What what are we going for here? We might switch things up. Oh, what, real quick. Travius, yeah. what's his name? Travius Hodges. Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Like, that guy. Yeah, he's like where, that tiny little corner out of a TCU. Yes. Where do you think he's going? Because I I like that guy. I don't know. Um, Do you see him being a safety at all? Maybe converting to safety? He smacks people. He's he's really aggressive. He reminds me of one of them, one of them animals that you know has his territory. And Lord help you if you come in his spot because he is gonna make you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, yeah. He's trying to. I don't know. I. I, I regrettably did not watch uh, his film. There's there's only so many guys I was able to watch. Um, I've heard some people saying enough. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's he's a tiny outside corner, so you're probably going to have to put him at slot. Um, typically, slot cornerbacks do drop a bit, so he might be there in like the third or fourth round. Um, but I've heard people say that, hey, if he was like two inches taller, he might be a first round pick. Uh, so I really don't know. Who okay. uh, for I don't understand the height thing or like long arms when it comes to certain positions. Like with, earlier you were like, oh, he's, you know, an edge guy. He's got long arms. Doesn't matter. The reason being, extent, it, it, it depends on the position and some positions more than others. Like I would say, uh, defensive end and offensive tackle, I think it matters. And it doesn't. And at corner, it, it really I think doesn't. it does. So if you like, if you can't jam a guy and you can't win at the catch point, yeah. It, so it just, as an offensive tackle limited. and at a defensive end, if you're coming at me with my with your hands and I knock it out of the way, no matter how long your hand is, I've knocked it away. And now what I'm inside can, on what you. What if they can beat your hands first because you have short little T Rex arms? They're not okay. I still done it. I still done it. Now you have to move your hand back to get re-engaged with my hand. By that time, I'm already inside. What if their hands are faster than yours and they get up in your chest plate and now you can't disengage because you're flailing and being held? I used up to like be I used to be a left tackle and a defensive end. I wrestled in high school for Marysville Pilchuck High School. Okay. I, I've been there. It, so you're telling it, me it, that arm length doesn't matter at all for offensive it can, tackle it, it and can, defensive end? It can end? be negated. It can totally be negated at any point in time. The same I, the same I, argument I you talk about as you having quicker hands than me is the same argument I can say about I have quicker hands for you than you, and that negates your arm length. Do you know how many successful uh, starting offensive tackles there are in the NFL with 32-inch long arms? Oh, 
Hey, uh, so why does why does George Kittle 70. why does George Kittle like going up against Joey Bosa instead of Nick Bosa? No, no, no. It's it's a very. I asked you first. How many successful starting offensive? I don't tackles? have the. I don't have the numbers on me. Let's it's go. like one or Let's two. Okay, there you it's go. Like one or two out of like sixty or seventy. There's okay. there's certain thresholds to some positions. I'm not saying it's the be all end all. You don't need to have you know, million foot long arms, but there are certain thresholds for certain positions. Length like, of arms can be negated as just as easy as true. anything else. That's like why just and guard, to say someone has long arms. What's up? I was saying center and guard, it, it matters less. Well, yeah. yeah, but when it comes down to it, if I can get there before you can, it doesn't matter how long your arms are. That's, that's the point is it's just being in position. True. But again, you're talking about there, there's how many ways do you have to win? I think we can agree that the more ways you have to win, the more likely you are to win. So if you have more physical advantages over the other, what does guy, that have to have, do with the, the arm length though? Well, because if you have your different ways to win would probably be technique, not, not yeah. length of arm. You know, so you, you have, don't have like two different have, lengths of arm. So say that you have like your feet, you have strength, you have your hand technique, you have your arm length. You know, you have like all these different things that make up how you perform as a player. The more advantages that you have, the more the more ways you have to win. I'm not saying that like one specific thing is the be all and end all, but the more advantages you have over the guy across from you, the more likely you are to be successful. Like that's not saying that somebody with short arms can't be a successful offensive tackle. Like the how right many tackle different moves does Nick Bosa like use? The right tackle the Colts. He has like 32 many, inch long arms and he's really good. How many moves does Nick Bosa use? Um, I don't know exactly. I think it's like four, if I remember he correctly. Pretty much uses the side scissors. And then he'll he's do got, an outside push to yeah. cut to the inside. Yeah, with the counter. You know what I mean? He doesn't even he doesn't even use a spin move. Oh, the spin move spin move is trash. It never works in the NFL. Maybe once Not in a while. Not necessarily. You don't you, you don't see very you, many guys successfully using it. <laughs> <laughs> you you have to do it to where you can get leverage on somebody or you can yeah. put your body weight on them and have some back pressure because if you can't yeah you're just dead in the water but what i'm saying yeah. is is you got people who can be successful in the league with it you've seen people be yeah. nasty and you know from time to time it's not like it's a bread and butter move it's more of a you haven't seen this in a minute you know what i'm saying <laughs> or yeah. they try to work it and with like an inside jab and then spin move outside to come around, you know what I mean? So there's the way I see it is like the NFL is so worried about these molds, about the, the size of people and the, everything that check these box when it comes down to it, it's what they do on the field and how they yep. deal with what they have. Yeah. And that's why it, it annoys me because I guess I've seen people, I look, I played football. I was a tall guy. I've been beat by short dudes. I know why they beat me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. So to me, like, the, why do you think Purdy fell so far? He didn't check any other boxes. Yep. But the moment you see him play on the field, oh, he checking some motherfucking boxes then, huh? Yeah. That's why it's like. That's why I don't like. Like the combine, I don't think it it measures people correctly. I think no, it's essentially the, a, a place for people to get together and talk. 
Yeah. I think that's the, the way most I kind of look at all these things is they're they're all just little data points and you can't use one specific thing to make a big decision. Like if you go to the combine, like say that you're watching a guy's film and you watch, you know, three games that this guy plays. You watch like every snap that he plays for like three games and you come up with a general idea of like, hey, he's good at this. He's not good at that. This is my concern. This is what I really like. Uh, this is kind of where I see him based off of what I see on game film. If you go to the combine and then all of a sudden you have like a totally different view of things, then you're doing it wrong. The combine can maybe adjust things a little bit like, hey, I really like, thanks, Garth. <laughs> I really like this guy and I really like this guy. And then they go to the combine and, hey, you know, this guy has like one or two things that I like a little bit more. Maybe that bumps him up a little bit, but you shouldn't be using the combine to make big changes on where you view somebody. Like, like you said, like how somebody plays in the film is what matters most. There's other little things that can move a guy up or down a little bit, but the film is what matters. That's, that's what I tried to do. Is like I said, I, I watched a couple games and I put my thoughts together based off of the games. Um, yeah, no, totally. We were frauds. That's why we made it to the NFC championship game. Thanks, Karth. <laughs> He's probably got a picture of somebody else's car. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you like my friend's car? Right. Next to it. I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is the guy that can't get no, no love from me. The lost the NFC Championship game because they were on their fourth quarterback by the uh, second quarter, first quarter actually. Yeah. So, Jack Campbell is the ultimate film guy. Um, he's he's saying to watch his film. It's like the ultimate film to watch. Like it's okay. It's like. They were they were saying it's like a it's like a hearkening back to the olden days. Yeah. Back back when you know you saw the blood on the jerseys and on the tape, <laughs> you know, in the face. Now now yeah. they have to clean the blood off. You can't see any blood. You know what I mean? I think he's the biggest linebacker too. Like if I remember correctly, I think he's bigger than a lot of these other guys because so many linebackers nowadays they're getting to be like six one, six two, two twenty-five, two thirty. I think Campbell was like 250 like he's a lot he's bigger than other linebackers in this class so i think that's probably you, another reason why people like it kind of that have throwback you, have you ever watched uh dick butt kisses tape tape from I back in the not. day oh no, my I have god not. so like i remember i was sat down to watch a whole bunch of tape and i'm watching his tape and the first thing that stood out is he's a linebacker and he's running standing up through the offensive line and i'm going this guy this guy's a fucking idiot you don't you don't stand up like that you'll get every single play he did it people are flying off to the side every time he goes through the line the quarterback's like trying to get the ball out of his hand so he won't hit him you know what i'm saying this guy oh man watch his it oh my gosh watch his tape it's so much fun to watch because like knowing knowing football and technique there's no way this man should have been able to have a career as long as he did or have the highlight reel he did with his tactics, but he was just way too much of a man for anybody else. Dude, some oh people are just God. built different. Oh, some people God, are just straight bro. up built different. You remember Mike Allstott? 
Uh, that was before my time. I, I was, I yeah. grew up in a non football household, so I didn't basically watch any football until about 2011. So Mike Allstott had his helmet ripped off going through the line, essentially the hole. Nice. And, uh, John Madden, bless his heart, soul, uh, rest in peace, John Madden. He, he, he kept on rewinding the tape. And he got it so zoomed in that you could see the moment his helmet got ripped off and the fact that Mike Allstott didn't even blink the moment it happened. This guy was the most born-to-get-hard fullback you've ever seen. He had the hips of a right guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just he had the hips of a guard. He had the thighs of a guard. And he was just coming up field. He was fast. And then they had Warwick Dunn as the halfback behind him who was just a little fast, speedy guy. So you're getting pummeled up the front. You're getting pummeled up the front by Mike Allstott. He's going for six yards a clip. And then all of a sudden they fake it to him and they give it to work done out around the corner. And you're going, oh, can we win? John Lynch played on that team with Warren Sapp and Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn, not a favorite. But, you know, John Lynch, shout out to John Lynch. His, His sister married one of his best friends from college. They were playing against each other. I think his buddy was on the Chargers. John Lynch came up and just thunderclapped that homie of his, knocked him out cold on the field, and just popped up and went back to the huddle like it was nothing. You know what I mean? It's just it's just business as usual. I love you, man. I love you, but it's your turn to take a nap, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, savage, savage. I had to outlaw defense because of that team. <laughs> Uh, that's funny um fifth rounders uh yes can i Let's give you the, like just some like some gems. random favorite guys that i like in the fifth we're round? in the weeds at this point let's it, we have no idea what the needs are at this point and what their thing is so yeah just give me a good synopsis synopsis in the area it's gonna give you like a couple kind of random sleepers um first one that i have not seen anybody talk about uh illinois the right tackle alex palkzowski have you ever heard of him probably not oh god that's a hell of a name yeah it's like p-a-l-c-z-e-w-s-k-i is is that polish or you think it's more slavic i don't know but dude this guy was so fun to watch so he's from Illinois and he he has a good build. He's like 6'6, 310. But I feel like every time I was watching this guy at right tackle, he was pancaking guys in the run game. Just like every time, like run play, boom, pancake. And just like I think when I turned it on, it was like the first couple, it was almost every single play, he was just pancaking guys. Uh, oh, are you talking about Alex? I don't. Yeah, he's he's not a super athlete. I, I don't know if that's Darwin saying that or I not. I think I think this was this was uh, five minutes ago, so I don't know if he's okay, talking about fair it. Fair enough. But yeah, he was uh, he was a guy where it was like he wasn't perfect, but you know that term like play through the echo of the whistle. Like this guy was run blocking through the echo of the whistle. And that's somebody that the Niners are going to love is just a guy who is like an 
angry right tackle who wants to smash guys into the ground. And uh, other than that, I mean, the rest of his game was the rest of his game was just kind of solid all around. But I just loved the energy that he brought in the run game. Uh, and he's got some versatility. He had over 40 games at right tackle. Uh, I think he played like seven at right guard and seven at left guard. So a couple different positions there. I'm trying to think about uh, other guys that I really like, but he's he's kind of like my favorite sleeper. <laughs> Real quick. Uh, when I when I played tackle, there was a, a play where the ball got fumbled and I run across the field and try and, you know, chase down the guy. I wasn't going to get him. And all my other teammates started, you know, letting up. So they, they knew they weren't going to get him. I knew I wasn't going to get him either, but you know, I, I don't, yeah. I finish out the play and I look over and there's somebody trying to take me out. And I remember going, I can't get this guy, but I can't get this guy. And he comes <laughs> in to, he comes in to hit me and I was all ready for him. And I created contact before he could with more momentum and he did sideways cartwheels <laughs> i go into the end zone i'm like because they scored right the the one ref who i ended up working with later shout out to johnny ray he goes he's talking to the other linesman i can't remember who it was he goes hey did you see that hit number 72 hit him and the other guy's like yeah that was great shit and i was like oh like, you're talking about me <laughs> like the team just fumbled scored this and that and they're 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 talking about me making a guy do cartwheels <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was probably awesome. the biggest highlight of my my well not the biggest but it was you know one of the biggest highlights just to you i should have been the star to the refs in that situation that's all i yeah. i felt and that's why it was so cool that's cool um i got a i got a sleeper at a tight end have you heard of blake whiteheart out of wake forest no Six four two fifty, uh, pretty good. Just athletically, he ran a four seven, and he had a six seven seven three cone. Uh, he looked like he had pretty good speed on tape. Nice agility, just his ability to move. Um, Wake Forest has like that. I don't know if you're familiar with their offense, but it's basically like RPO go routes, and that's it. You know, it's like either like hand it off, or it's just like bombs away. So they never target the tight end, but uh, I thought that he had really good body control and ball skills. And uh, he played inline tight end like 90% of the time. And, you know, we like blocking tight ends. He was a good blocker and he played inline 90% of the time. Not like some of these tight ends that play slot receiver and they're just really big. Um, so he's like a, a late round, like fifth, sixth round tight end that I really like. I think he'd be a great fit. Sorry, uh, what, do you think, what do you think we're looking for in a tight end? Okay, so first of all, we need somebody who has some semblance of a blocker. Yes. I'm that's not saying they have to have everything. They have to have some semblance of a blocker where we can finish the rest of it out. I don't care yeah. if he's got to spend all training camp with the offensive line. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah. In fact, the, the 49ers... Uh, worked out a a right or a tackle who was 611 611 to 280 i want to say wasn't that like the basketball college player who might be like who was like trying know. out or something but i was like make that guy a tight end i don't know why yeah, you're no, for sure. you know 
if he could be a right tackle, if he could be a tackle at that height, this is make him a tight end, teach him how to throw. He could take Charlie Warner's spot. Charlie Warner's the blocker. If you could play, if you could play tackle, you know what I'm saying? You could play tight end. Um, yeah, no, I think we need that first and foremost. And we need somebody who you don't have to run a route amazingly yet. No, no. But Shanahan will scheme you open. You can catch the ball when it comes in your area. Yep. That's that's essentially all I need. And then hopefully keep running for more. Because the way I see it is if you're going to do a 22 personnel with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and uh, use check and CMC, it doesn't matter if you can really get open, you know, all by yourself. Every Everybody else is going to be doubled. And they've been looking at everybody else except for you. So. Yeah, I no, think. I agree. I mean, like you said, they don't need to run perfect routes. Um, Shanahan will scheme you open. They're going to be watching Debo, watching Kittle, watching Ayuk, watching McCaffrey. That's who's going to help get you open. And you're just kind of like you know? standing there in the middle of a zone with nobody within five yards of you. And it's like, cool, here's the ball. Run that way. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a late round safety that I really like. Um, the Niners brought him in for one of their top 30 visits. Uh, Jordan Howden out of Minnesota um good speed pretty good all-around athlete his game tape reminded me a lot of jimmy ward okay yeah just uh a guy who he wasn't necessarily always like making big plays on the ball but anytime there was a catch and the ball carrier is moving he was able to get in position get in front of the guy and make a tackle like stop him and oh, he's got great, uh... that doesn't get beat He's like, he would be the perfect kind of a developmental safety, you know? He's got a good line of pursuit, you're saying? Yeah, just, and his feet and the way he was able to use his feet, he was able to always stay on top of guys and adjust his pursuit angles. Like he never had guys like come at him and go around him. Guys would come at him, they would adjust, he would mirror and then engage them and tackle them. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about, when you're in that secondary, it's all about containing them to a certain area until you yeah. can get into get move them into a smaller area and move them into a smaller area. Yeah, and it, it's really hard. Some people don't have really good uh, angles and don't understand it. They can't. They can't. They can't do the real time corrections. You yeah. know what I mean? I was, yeah, I agree. Um, that's one thing that uh, you know. I'm 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 pretty new to like scouting quote unquote um i kind of like started watching draft prospects like three years ago and then last year i got more into it i watched some players i took like 10 pages of notes and then this year like i mentioned i have like 85 pages um but i to for me it wasn't always necessarily about like the stats because stats can easily be misleading you know like if, if you're a linebacker that has 150 tackles that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing it could be like hey you know in coverage you give up every single catch and you have to chase a guy 10 yards before you tackle him down Um, or it could be that you know you only have 70 tackles because you're getting tackles for a loss you're stopping drives the level of uh 
<laughs> did you, <laughs> the did level you get of the competition matters? So stats aren't everything, but I was really trying to look at how the players moved, you know, like what do their feet look like? Are they able to like turn quickly? Are they able to adjust? Are they instinctual? So it was a lot more of like, you know, watching how they moved on field and not necessarily looking at their, you know, their, uh, their stats. Cause stats can be misleading. College is college plays so weird, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like the, the, you could have a guy that has like, you know, 1200 receiving yards in college. He doesn't even make an NFL team because college has a gimmicky offense and he was just, you know, he was He's in a division that guys, doesn't but, have any good yeah. secondary. You know what I mean? There could be so many things yeah. that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even so I was trying so much to watch like the body and how they played. Even in the like NFL, the you can't just go off of stats. Yeah. Like look at look at Purdy. Everybody's like, oh, Purdy's so great. But it's like in every single game, there was a throw that was like, oh, that almost didn't go so well. You know what I mean? There was at least yeah. one to two each game. And it's like, that does that show up on the stat book? Yes, but in not in the not in a column that points to the fact the the importance of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it, there's so many things that goes on that you know you stats are a good way to find your way onto something, and then yeah. tape is the way to really evaluate whether you've actually got something or not. Yeah, yeah. You look at stats and analytics, and I think it can like it can point you to guys but you still have to really watch the game and watch them to see, Hey, is this real? Or is this just kind of like BS because the stats have been like, you know, they've been tweaked a certain way. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know what your opinions on are with, uh, like PFF. I think they have some good, some bad, but they take a lot of information and you can sometimes find hidden gems based off of the data that they have. Right. You know, like they, but you have to you their, have to weigh it against your own sense at times. Yes, but like an easy example that I'm just thinking is, uh, like for running backs, running back yards, it doesn't really matter as much because the blocking game is so important. You know, right? Like if 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 you have a dominant offensive line in college, they could be pushing, they could be getting you five yards a push if you're averaging six yards a carry. It looks great on the stat sheet, but you're only generating one additional yard or the reverse. Your offensive line sucks. You're getting tackled two yards behind the line of scrimmage. You're getting three yards per play. You're generating five additional yards. So I do like the PFF has a stat where and it's four of them are after, after contact. contact. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, after the first hit, after you get hit, how much are you generating as a running mm -hmm. back? So those are like, those little stats where you find that and you're like, Hey, this guy's really good at this. Let me go watch the tape and see if this guy is good. Or if this is just like a weird anomaly. Right. Cause you never know, but you got to watch the tape. Um, speaking of late round running backs. Um, I, I am of the belief that you should draft a running back every year, but not until at least the fifth round, preferably the sixth. Just because you need running backs and they get hurt, but you don't, I don't think you should spend high picks on yeah. them. My but we always have guys that we always have guys that come in at the end of the year as undrafted yeah. free agents. And we're, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I'd almost we spend like, third rounders on, and let, nothing works out. We'll get to your running back real quick. I just want to explain kind of my thought process this year. Yeah. I would go for three tackles. I know that sounds crazy, 
I would no. go for three tackles. We we're gonna need one, maybe two within the next two years. Might as well go three deep here. We'll probably find one that really works. We'll probably find one that doesn't work. And we'll have one in the middle that hey, he might he might not, but he can be on the team till next year till we can draft two more and figure out which one we like out all three of the, and you know what I'm saying? And I would I would do I would do two safeties this year. That would be another position I would double up on because I think that's really important. Because if you know, let's say we get somebody in the third or the fourth or third or the fifth round that we like, that doesn't mean that they're going to turn out. Just because you like them doesn't mean they're going to turn out. So I think it just just shore up your bet by hedging it. You know what I mean? Hedge, hedge, hedge. Yeah. And I would say the exact same thing with defensive ends. You know, this uh, this team, they really like building on the defensive line. Bosa is going to get paid and he's going to be making like 30, 35 million dollars a year. It would make a lot of sense to get two or three defensive ends on cost controlled four year rookie contracts that you can use in a rotation, you know, because yes, again, we're rolling because... eight or 10 deep at D line. And we always get our D tackles free agents off the market, which, which I like, which I like yep. because to me, when you draft a defensive tackle, I was talking about earlier, it takes two years for them to get their, their NFL body. I was Definitely telling Joe. Like yeah. And you're talking about on the defensive line or offensive line. It, like you need to get that body really quick. I was telling Joe, I said, you know, Jalen Carter, Hey, he he might show out year one, but there's more of a chance that he doesn't because he doesn't have the NFL body. He's been kicking people's butts in college. Those aren't the same guys. Those aren't the same guys. The same the guys he's going to go up against right now are already stronger than he is. And I'm sure right now he doesn't have better talent than the the offensive lineman he's going to go up against. So he's going to have a harsh, either a harsh, fast learning curve you know, because maybe he was able to, you know, rise, the cream rises at the top, right? So maybe he was able to, you know, you know, figure it out early enough. And since he wasn't strong enough, maybe he was able to let more technique go through. But that's probably not the case. He's probably going to show up year two or maybe even, you know, year three. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's not going to be playing, you know, 19-year-olds on the offensive line. He's going up against... 28 year old grown men who have been in the NFL and honed their offensive line craft for the last four five, six years and offensive linemen play for a long time compared to other positions, you know, like they kind of age well where it's like, Hey, the best offensive linemen, a lot of the times they're like 28, 29, 30, because they built that strength and they've got that technique down. So yeah. I agree. So that's, yeah, so that's why I kind of like the way we do it. I'd rather get, I'd rather draft the defensive ends and get the defensive, the the free agents that didn't kind of work out anywhere. They're trying to get a, they're trying to revamp their career. They're trying to get their groove back. Shout out to Stella, her trip to Jamaica. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know that, but there's a movie called Stella. How Stella got her groove back. She she went to Jamaica and slept with the Jamaican man, and that fixed her. So. <laughs> Shout out to, which I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure going to a beautiful island like Jamaica and having sex with one of the beautiful locals wouldn't 
get you out of whatever kind of funk you were in. I'm just saying yeah, that, that it, might help, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, I think it's better that we, we get the, the guys who already have that NFL body and just don't have, haven't been in the right scheme. Don't have the right place to, to kind of hone their technique. And those are the yeah. guys we pick at tackle and then we get them young bucks and the defensive ends that since, since defensive ends aren't normally like touched as much as what I would say when you're, when you're in the interior, you've got people to the right and left of you across yeah. from you and to your side Getting beat up on everywhere. It, exactly. And anytime somebody touches you, it slows you down. So yeah. you, you got these, these young guys out on the edge where only one person essentially can touch them. And that's their job to figure out how that person can't touch them. It puts them in a better situation. You know what I mean? So I think, the way we do go about it if we're just you know consistently trying to draft a d a d end every year i i would rather draft a d end every year with our first slash second pick like if there is a first rounder or a second rounder i'd rather do that every year than draft a, a running back consistently in the third or so or fourth or fifth because like i see I said, that they're running back in like the fifth or sixth round is when I want running backs because if they're a scheme fit, they can be productive, but I agree. I want the, I want those other positions higher up like first, second rounders. That's where you get like impact edge rushers, uh, impact, uh, you know, impact receivers, impact corners, you know, offensive linemen. Um, I got a couple late round edges. If uh, if you want, I got a, I got three that I can that I can bring up. Sure, maybe available in the fifth. Uh, first one, you have to go watch this guy. He's so fun. Uh, Lonnie Phelps Jr. out of Kansas. Are you familiar? No. He's a little undersized. He's uh, like six two two forty five, but he is an ex explosive just high energy guy off the edge uh just like firing off the edge full speed um really really fast hands and just like non-stop motor and it was so fun watching him because he would just be like lined up in like a two-point or a four-point stance as soon as the ball goes like he is firing 100 miles an hour into the backfield he's got crazy fast hands and he's just whipping the offensive lineman in like a half a second. And then he's like chasing the quarterback down at a hundred miles an hour. Um, I think he's only going to be a pass rusher, at least to begin with, because I don't think he has a lot of power or like anchor to like set the edge. But if you just want like a third down pass rusher guy to like set up in the wide nine and say, Hey, go get the quarterback. So fun. Um, plus he's got like sick dreads and stuff. So he's really fun to watch. But I would definitely recommend going and watching a, a Lonnie Phelps highlight video. Just super fun. Um, he was one of my like one of my favorites. Gotcha. Got a lot of saying hi to here. each other. Popular. <laughs> oh yeah, we we got a we got a we got a chat going on right here. We got thirteen nice. people watching right now, so we're we're doing pretty good. Nice. Um, but yeah, love Lonnie Phelps. He's just crazy fast, high motor, speedy edge with really fast hands. Just don't ask him to like hold up an edge. Don't don't ask him to like be an anchor. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
there was another guy who came out of nowhere um out of rice uh ikena enachukwu um john chapman had like uh like brought him up and uh, i watched like a little bit of john chapman's film then i watched a couple of games and i really like this guy he's a little bit more of the the size of defensive end that we like he's like 64 265 um but i i really liked him um he had a pretty good get off uh and a good anger but just like heavy violent hands you know when you watch a defensive lineman and just every time he hits the offensive lineman you just see them like get hit around oh you're uh you're freezing there i hope we didn't lose the stream oh no we're good okay cool <laughs> but yeah what i was saying is uh this this guy is just power rusher off the edge and just like really heavy hands and it's always good when you see uh whenever you see a defensive lineman like hit an offensive lineman and the O lineman just like, you know what I mean? Like that it matters when you're seeing that kind of impact just with how heavy a guy's hands are. Um, but just disruptive and like another high motor guy, you know, we want guys that are just nonstop. Like, Hey, when the ball gets hiked, go kill the quarterback and just don't stop until the whistle blows. So he was awesome. Um, and then the third guy that I mentioned is uh, Thomas Incum out of uh, Central Michigan, uh, 6'2", 260. And what I liked about him was uh, he was pretty good athletically, but I felt like he was uh, his hands were always active with the hand fighting. But because he's on the shorter side at 6'2", he had natural leverage, you know, being able to, like, get under the offensive tackles. He also had the bend to, like, turn a corner. So he was low enough that he could win with leverage. He could get under guys, get around the corner, and he was hand fighting the entire time. Um, but, yeah, and he was one of those guys where he was he was really productive. I think he had 11 sacks last year. He also tested well physically and like all the physical traits that he looked for. So those are probably three guys that might be available in the fifth round. And I really like all three of them for kind of different reasons, but there's three defensive ends for you. Yeah. Um, huh. Sorry. I go off on tangents sometimes. <laughs> no, you're good. There's, well, I haven't heard of any of these people, so it's kind of hard for me to, you know, to really, add anything to that i'm just no i really appreciate you for coming on and sharing this knowledge i'm sure all the people in the chat are trying to scribble down names left and right um i'm gonna try and go back in and put some timestamps in here so okay. maybe if you guys come back you'll be able to but what i would actually suggest is get in touch with brian and get his whole report because all this is written down like mm -hmm. You could go this and that, and you can find that, read what he says, and then go look at the tape from there. So I would yeah. suggest reaching out to him. Like I said, and if you disagree, description. disagree, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. No, just as long as you, like, I hate people that just go, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, why? Why? Give yeah. me something to, give me something. You know what I mean? Like, 
if if you come out and you have a good point, I'll respect you. Whether I believe it or not, I'll respect it. If you put time or thought into it, if it's based in reality, and we're something I could see if there wasn't for something else that I feel that makes it negate that, you know what I mean? Then yeah, I'm giving you credit, full on credit. But I that's what I don't like. Like either have a solution or don't bring it up. Yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah. You're not you're not doing anything. Either add something to the to the conversation or stay in the hole that you found yourself. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> well, I, I have lots of not things not nice to say, and I, I, I say it. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have any do you have any like draft crush or anyone that you're like, I would love it if the Niners added this guy or anything in this draft? Me personally, no. I how to put this. I don't get in depth into the draft because it usually bears no fruit for me. <laughs> you know, do you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, hundred percent. Like, like I'm getting hyped about all these guys. And I yeah. know that majority of them yeah. are not going to end up, you know, living to what I see as their potential. So I know. Get I know. Some, they let you down. some people really get the bug and I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. I, I don't get the bug. So I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to, because it might, it might taint me from doing other stuff. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I just, you know what I mean? What if I get sick and tired of doing, you know, drafting and scouting draft players and this and that. And then all of a sudden I just like, why, why even go live next week? That's not what I'm trying yeah. to do. You know what I mean? I just go, we'll talk about Trey Lance. We'll do this and that. I, there's people I look at. I was trying to do a draft and scout on my show where I, uh, we did a where I was doing a mock draft and then I would go through and look at the players on the board and see their their highlight reels and I would make decisions there. And I was I was fine with that. I was liking that. That was great until I found out my connection was choppy and everybody was having a blast watching figures do this <laughs> on the screen and they couldn't see. And I'm like, oh yeah, look at him right there. He's doing this, this, and this, and that. Oh, that look at that. That's great. That's great. This and that. And all they're seeing is. So I ended that and that was as far as I went. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if I can, if if I could turn it into content live, I would do it. I would, I would do mocks, scout mocks all day long during this and that. But I, I got all these shows I got to be on all this type of stuff. I'm making other videos. It's like, I will, I will let all you guys handle this out, be the geniuses that you are. And then I'll go in. No, no, but you know what I'm talking about is like, you know, finding all these players. You know what I'm saying? Essentially, you're 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 like Pokemon. You're trying to find the best ones. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I kind of say, you know, mm-hmm. you you're curating your batch. You know what I mean? That's you're 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 the genius of your batch. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I kind of related to. And then I'll just go in after after the players have been picked, and I'll go. Okay, this is what they're going because. I just, uh, it seems to me, unless I was just trying to be a draft person, you know, like no, no specific team, if I was just trying to, you know, focus on draft and slash, you know, players, that would probably be my Super Bowl, but it's not. So, yeah, that makes sense. And honestly, I like what you said there where it's like, Hey, you know, if this isn't your thing, like, 
don't do it don't talk don't. about it don't don't kill your fandom off of something that you're not interested in like you might ruin it for somebody else too yeah and there's there's different types of content for like everybody like me I'm really excited about the draft and I can't stand like other types of commentary that goes on. Um, and so I'm like, cool. I'll, I'm not going to absorb that kind of stuff. Cause that's not my stuff. And I don't want to get sick and tired of it, but I really like this over here. So for me, I'm going to spend time doing this. Cause I think it's fun. I don't, you I don't think that you should absorb or focus on content that makes you less happy in your fandom if that makes yeah. sense like you this is sports it should be fun damn it <laughs> yeah you know so like have I, fun with it if you're not having fun then do something else related to it like i i watch grant cone and i know lots of people who say they can't watch grant cone they say they felt better after they stopped watching him yeah you that's know what me. i mean i'll, I'll be hey, honest hey that's perfectly fine it's because you know what you need out of what you what you're looking to get out of it right you're you first thing i know that you aren't like jaded by any of the john lynch generic comments you know what i mean you're not going oh i'm gonna take john lynch on face value here oh that sounds great he's so happy you know what i mean he talks I, like a politician like, right he always says of, something vague and then lets other people misinterpret it if they want grant is important because the people who can't can't see through that he's there to tell them that they need to but other people who can you know see through the fog essentially do they need a, a person like grant around no but yes kind of you need somebody like grant uh reporting on the team in the locker room in the press room you need always with any team you need somebody like grant who is not gonna just uh bow down to the establishment and give them softball questions and here's what i will say is that i actually really appreciate grant cone the reporter who is in there as a press person talking yes. with players what i don't like is grant cone the, the youtube slash twitter personality because gotcha. I do really like that he will ask more difficult questions and press people for answers. Um, I just know and, that and I, I just know BS, that I don't like the way that he markets it on his yeah. like YouTube and like and like Twitter kind of personality that he has there. Yeah, but I still appreciate what he does from like the reporting side because he does ask questions that other people won't. You know that they that kyle and john have to go out there knowing that he's going to ask a hard question and they have to be ready to give him just enough information that he will be <laughs> happy enough and not go any further but yet not enough to give away the bag you know what i'm saying yeah. like they know they, yeah. they have to prepare for him john lynch said hi and said every reporter's name in that in that uh in that presser except for grants yeah no they they don't really like him because <laughs> he holds them accountable for their actions <clears throat> yeah no they it's which he should be that's I, I what all reporters should be doing yeah 
I, I go back and forth on this because I, I think that reporters and media people have a duty to do the best possible reporting um, and getting all the answers that the people want. On the other side, I don't like it when those same people who have like personality or journalism, whatever, try and create drama around things when um trying to figure out the way right way to put this people who say they're like where they create a story out of nowhere and shanahan people who say that like kyle and lynch should be fired are dumb because this is a top four team in the nfl where we're a regular super bowl contender like every year for like the last five years we've been a contender have they made mistakes yes but we went to an NFC championship, an NFC championship, and a Super Bowl within the last four years. We're a top five team in the NFL. That being said, they're not above criticism. But there's a difference between saying, hey, you've had a lot of success, but why have you not dealt with A, B, and C versus saying, this is stupid. Why haven't you been fired yet? Does, does that kind of make sense? That's, that's where I come at it from. Oh, bro. That was... I was on the Niners and Friends show earlier. Shout out to uh, Mariah for 49er Faithfully podcast and Beto from Niners Sickness. But Beto asked me that question. He's like, five years, three to five years, if they haven't won a Super Bowl, do you get rid of them? And I'm like, well, wait, are we going to the NFC Championship like every other year? Because yeah. that it's context matters. How do you move off of a coach like that? Who do you move off of them for? Who who's got that same track rec- track record right now in the league? Who might be looking for a job in two years or three years when you'd be wanting to file fire Kyle? Who yeah. who's who's next on the come up? Who's next on the come up? Who's going to be as successful as Kyle within the next five to six years? That who's you know not a coach yet? We don't know who that is. It's a complete crapshoot. It's yeah. better to go with a guy who keeps getting close to touching the the sun. You know what I mean? Like. It's it got more shots. We went from yeah. mediocrity, me, like low end mediocrity, to being contenders every single year, to the point where the people on Bussing with the Boys are looking at our players, going, "Holy shit! How have you not won at least two of them by now?" <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Oh right? no, one hundred percent. That's hundred yeah, percent. Like, how how do you win a Super Bowl? Well, you got to get there. Well, how do you get to the Super Bowl? Well, you got to win an NFC championship game. Okay. Well, how do you get there? Or how do you win one? You get there. Well, we've been there and we've been there and then we've been there. And it's like, we're so close. These guys know how to get there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's exciting and it is frustrating because when you get so close and you get let down, like it really hurts, but that doesn't mean that you throw away something that's really good, you know? Like Shanahan's a top yeah. five coach in the NFL. If he wasn't, then we wouldn't be in the final four every year. Yes. And like consistently, that's the thing. You see a lot of these teams like look at, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, the Giants. The Giants had one of their best years ever in the last 20 years. Well, not really. They They got a Super Bowl on us, but in the last, they, they, they won a couple of Super Bowls a while back. Yeah. But. So in the last eight years, this is like the best team they've had. They might not even get back to the same place next year. I can't believe they gave Daniel Jones forty million dollars. Oh my a year. god! 
Oh my god! And <laughs> then the you Baltimore imagine Ravens. If we were in that position. And then the Baltimore Ravens don't want to give Lamar Jackson money. You're talking about the Giants over there, like, yeah, here you go, Daniel. There's 41 million. Here you go, bud. And the the the, the Ravens are like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Seems a little too much. I'd be like, oh god, like the whole Lamar thing. This is, uh, I think, without opening a whole can of worms, I just think, I think rookies should have rookie contracts until they are, until they are a continual starter. You know what I mean? Like if if you consistently start, or you know or a good portion of your team's success, however you want to graph that out. I think they should start having to pay you real money in a certain sense. So like running backs, look at running backs. You get running back on a cheap deal. You don't have to pay them for anything. By the time they're up for their bag, they they're are, out. they're worn out. Right. Yeah. So the way I that's what Zeke I'm saying. Was like really good. It's for like it's three not or four good years. For they paid him, and then he fell off a cliff. It's not good for anybody. You should just pay people for pay people when they're good. So like, like you got to run it back. He's do, he's taking all your carries. Okay, so the cap hit is of his rookie contract. Okay, no one could see that he would this and that. You're not going to have to screw up your whole team because this guy did good, but it doesn't hit the cap. You're going to pay him. You're going to pay him a good, decent amount of money. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he, cause he's, he's a work, he's a workhorse. He's going to get yeah. money. Now you can move on for him in three years when his rookie contract is done, but he's going to get you for a good, you know, 40, 50 mil. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you used I, him. I know what you he's mean. I know paid. they have like performance bonuses for like players who like outperform their contracts, but that's not the kind of money you're talking. It's not the kind of money I'm talking about where it'd be good on both ends. So like, yeah. imagine, imagine that Baltimore Ravens had to pay Lamar Jackson what he was worth these last couple of years. Well, that's typically he, what he, you do when you when you get when you get your first like real when you get your your second contract like not your rookie contract but the one yeah, after yeah. that but usually holding... that contract you're getting paid for what you've already done that is not the case in every specific thing why a lot of the times though the lamar why thing should is it, just weird why like, should it be geared no that way why should it be geared that way you're not helping anybody by paying for success that somebody's already had and hampering hampering yourself when they might not be as successful by taking up that much salary cap to essentially make up for what they did beforehand. Just yeah. pay them when they're good. Pay them when they're good. When they're not good, don't re-sign them. You know what I mean? Don't extend them. Don't give them another contract. Let them move on. Let You're them go saying, somewhere like, else. Year contracts for everyone? Uh, no. It So, like... If you if you hit a certain you know per position, if you hit a certain snaps or yards or something, you know what I mean, that hits you to the point. I think you will now be paid a certain amount, depending, I guess, on your use maybe or whatever, or how much you actually do. Because you know, okay, like if so you're kind of like if a, you're the a performance bonus that's like by position like pro, for like certain prorated, yeah, yeah, prorated okay. type of thing. Once you hit that, boom, you're slotted in for the next year to play that at at that rate. 
you know, obviously it doesn't count against the cap, but your paycheck is this and that. Your cap hit is still as if you were a rookie going through the rookie deal. You just get paid that performance. Let's call it a performance bonus. You get the performance bonus on top. Now, if something happens, if you fall off that year and your performance bonuses, you know, like you, you're not used the same way. Maybe you got, you know, somebody better came in. You don't get paid that the next year because they didn't use you. Now, if, you know, three games, four games into the season, all of a sudden you eclipse that that mark again to get you back in there, boom, you get paid like that again. You know what I mean? Like once you show that you're doing something, you should be able to get paid for it. Once you've shown that you can't do that anymore, you should go back to what your original, you know what I mean? To just, just make it so you get paid for doing the good work that you did. You're not having to sit here and do four years of good work and then hope somebody will agree to giving you know, the money you've been worth the whole fucking time. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's interesting. I don't really know how you would go about doing I, that. I, that's I don't either. It would be a whole clusterfuck. Whole... But you got the cap, you got contracts, you got agents, and then you have like the. But whole, I think it uh, would be fair. The uh, I think what it do you would call be fair. Thing? The collective bargaining agreement that mm-hmm. they agree to every like ten years or so. So I don't know. It'd be a little too complicated for me. That's that's beyond my level of understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kyle for life i don't know about for life but for as long as he's really good i want kyle shanahan around oh i'm pretty sure he'll be around for a very long time um yeah let's let's hit on some people later in the draft and then we'll get this thing wrapped up and get you on your way yeah what uh what kind of position do you want again i i pretty much looked at every position but not until the third round. So if you want some late round guys, like name a position, yeah, let me, know what, you, let me know what you're looking for. And I'll try and point you point out a guy or two. We're looking for some gems in some sixth and seventh round uh, position. I don't know. Kind of give me one, one from the, from the position groups we kind of need, you know, the, the, well, we're going to need a linebacker. I think we might okay. go later for linebacker. So let's pick us up a linebacker. Tell me a guy you want for linebacker in the sixth round. Linebackers or, are or, fun. Let me see here. Who's a linebacker that I like? That's probably around? the one position. That and cornerback and safety are probably the one position. It's hard for me to really. Oh, quarter, corner, quarterback too. QB. Being a, being a lineman, being a lineman, it's hard to kind of understand anything other than linemen you know what i mean offense defense i'm running backs i've got a good eye for running backs yeah for the most part i so i used to run the ball in madden for linebackers uh i have two late round guys in my notes here that i have as like my guy i put like my guy next to my favorite guys um but cam jones out of indiana no idea where he's gonna go i've heard some people say third fourth round other people have said six seventh uh but cam jones out of indiana was really fun um just heavy hitter like he was like hitting people as hard as possible he was he was knocking offensive linemen backwards when he was blitzing uh, when there were guys like guards and tackles trying to get to the second level, like he was running full force into them. Uh, when there was a running back or a tight end or a receiver, like in his vicinity, he was just laying the wood and just like hitting them. 
What is his coverage? Is he is did you watch much in coverage? I know that's probably the, the toughest thing to really gauge in college. Yeah, and I mean a little bit. I uh he looked fine in coverage. He wasn't my favorite coverage linebacker, but just in terms of like a fun just guy with big hitter and just like a quick trigger, like see something, go kill it. Um, he's gonna he need the special really helmet. well and he was he was good at like just uh he moved pretty well in space, but he also did well like sifting through like traffic. You know what I mean? So like when there's all the all the stuff going on and you've got like linemen pulling here and other linemen here and this guy here, that guy there, he was really good at, hey, there's the ball carrier. Weave through these guys and just smash him. So that's that's what I liked about him was just like seek and pursuit heavy hitter. Um, and then Michael Jones, M I K E L Jones out of Syracuse. Um, just really fun to watch and just flies around. Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes here, but he was fun to watch. He flies around on the field and I put down that I like his feet. Usually to me, what that means is that their feet are just really crisp. It's not, you know, like some people, they just look like they have awkward feet and they don't move as well. This guy had really crisp footwork, which means you're really good at navigating through traffic and you're fast and stuff. So um, those are probably two guys that I would really like as like a sixth round linebacker. I don't think people understand how important feet and hips are. Dude, I watch are. so much feet. I would literally like half of the game, every guy I was watching feet and hips, just like what it's where everything like, starts. Like you stand like, on your feet, how you move is your feet. Like we were talking about length of arms earlier and going around over that. Like feet the, matter more. The feet, oh, totally, because that's how you're getting yourself in position to to spring those moves on them. Getting yeah. When I was when I was in wrestling, if I wanted to if I wanted to shoot on your your left knee, I would push you back, and then I would pull you forward on my right side, but pull your left side forward. And that would just move it to where your leg was in front of me. So making my moves to this and that, now that also sets me up to be in right position where my driving leg is also closer to your the leg that I'm trying to attack at that point. So yeah. it's like, though so it's chess. It's chess with feet first, and that's how you get into the position. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you look at Nick Bosa, his, his side scissor – uh, his sizes or move doesn't work if he isn't snapping his hip and's got his feet in line at the same time. If if he's not doing it right, it it's it's failed. Did you see Brett Coleman's video breaking down Nick Bosa's pass rushing? No, it was really go good. It. it was really good. It came out a, a couple months ago, but he was basically showing how. Nick Bosa is so good because of how good his feet are and literally like the way that he, the width of his feet determines which pass rush move he's going to use based off of literally like fractions of an inch because Nick Bosa has honed his pass rushing so well. Um, and it was like based off of like the offensive tackles foot position he would set up his feet and that would set up the proper move or counter move. Um, but it was awesome. I, it was a couple months ago and I'm 99% sure it was Brett Coleman, uh, Coleman K O L L man. 
good YouTube video guy, uh, just great film breakdowns, but it was really cool seeing just like the minute technical details that he got into breaking down like Nick Bosa's pass rushing. I bet you Nick Bosa could probably write a doctorate on just the size scissors, <laughs> which Jeez, is, which so is crazy. Good. Cause, cause there's like, it's, it's, a it's a move, right? It's just yeah. a move, but yeah. I'm sure there's so much he knows about it from doing it over and over and over and over and over and over. And what, like you see him on the sidelines, what is he doing? He's doing his side scissors. You know what I'm saying? He's doing the side scissors. He's doing the side. That's all he's doing is the side scissor. He's doing the side scissor. That's all he's doing is the side scissor. And why is that? Like, so when, when I wrestled, when I was warming up, I would do this. I got my arms yep. ready, but then I would like pretend like I'm doing my, my, my throws. You know what I mean? That's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like when I, like when I was a, a left tackle, you got people coming, you know, around the edge on you and wrestling. I was never taught these things. It's just like what I just learned from wrestling and playing football. When somebody come around the edge, their, their back shoulder would kind of move back a little bit like this when they're trying to go around you. And I just hit that shoulder <laughs> because <laughs> they move back like this. Their shoulder is now above and behind their hips, their center of gravity. Yeah. So the moment they do that, it's a nice tab to stop all their momentum, all their energy, maybe even push them over backwards yep. because they can't continue with you putting any sort of pressure for any second of time on them. Yeah. Nobody, nobody told me, Oh, Hey, do that. It was just like, he looks like he's off balance right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hit him when he's off balance. There's a, there's a yeah. second where they're off balance. And if you yeah. can wait for that and hit them in the shoulder, <laughs> they look at you too. Like, Oh, you fucked up my move. Yeah, I did. You shouldn't do that move. <laughs> yeah. I remember that was one thing that was really, uh, Oh, thank you. That was one thing that, uh, was really kind of tricky to watch was watching pass rushers, uh, specifically like defensive ends and offensive tackles. And it was really interesting trying to see which pass rushers could actually like maintain balance while turning the corner through contact. And yes. there was a lot of guys that just couldn't. And to me, like those were the guys where it's like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. Cause not only does he have hands, not only does he have speed off the edge, not only does he have bend, not only can he turn the corner, but he can do all that and stay on balance with an offensive lineman pushing against him. And like what, seeing those things on film is like, that was the things where I was like, I see that in this guy. You remember what, uh, what Deion Sanders said was the toughest thing about Jerry Rice. No, he never, he never got tired. He never slowed down. <laughs> he, he was the same guy. He was the same guy from start to finish. And that was because when you, when you, you know, when you're a wide receiver, you got someone dragging on you, it's going to slow you down throughout the game. It never did him. That's why, like, on the line, you get touched, you're getting slowed down. The The fastest guys barely get touched because any yeah. sort of touch slows you down, moves you a little bit, it throws you off your game. So the best people use their feet to get them in a good position to not get touched. You know what I'm saying? Like, it. 
They use their feet and their hands to get in a great position to where they can't get touched. And those are yep. the guys that, that equate to things. And that's why, you know, like, oh, man, the more you don't get touched, the better it is. Look at Raheem Mosert. He ran for how many yards without getting touched? Yeah. It's it's just better. It's better when you don't. Tom Brady, how long has he got to play? He didn't get touched. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm just I'm just throwing things out there. But, yeah. No, I hear you. It's so much easier when nobody is is touching you in any sort of a way. It just that's why hey shout out to Darwin here. I'm sure he knows. He said he started wrestling in uh, high school uh, or in middle school. And uh, his coaches said he needed more competition. He was a little younger than most people. That's fine. That's good. Uh, it oh, it taught me so much about myself. Like pain is your friend because the more pain you can withstand the longer you won't get pinned <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's how you coax people into getting pinned normally it's either you've got a whole bunch of talent and you got them in a great move or or you just you just manhandled them or hurt them enough to where they decided to quit so if you can if you can hold on to more pain uh yeah. you're good i agree my uh, my one regret growing up was uh not playing uh more sports barely played any just non-sport non-football household so it's kind of my one regret i kind of got into it like i said in 2011 jim harbaugh gets hired i moved to northern california 21 years old i go to the bar after work the niners are on harbaugh's a psycho patrick willis is killing people i love this why did i never watch this growing up so oh wow yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a my, good year to start watching. <laughs> I grew up with in a single mother household, and I think it was, I think it was eight or nine. I think it was probably eight years old. Maybe it might have been seven. So it might have been 1989. She sat me down in front of the television. Well, first we went to the store first. I was like, "What do we? We we got to get snacks, honey. Why we got to get snacks? Oh, we're gonna watch something. Okay, what snacks are we getting?" We're getting uh, all my favorites, uh, cheddar and sour cream, uh, ruffles, uh, French Ooh. onion dip, the real red vines, not no Twizzlers, and then <laughs> and then root beer. Okay, so that's where that's Ryan sitting down. Turns out it was a Super Bowl with the Bills, and I sat there watching these guys go at it for two and a half hours, and I had never really you know watched football up until then. But after that, I was like, this shit's fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got people flying around trying to take each other's heads yeah. off. Oh man. I yeah. my grandpa oh, my grandpa awesome. my grandpa was on Iwo Jima. So growing up, I knew my grandpa was was what people would consider like a war hero. You know what I mean? Not that he was like, you know, he saved all these people, this and that, but anybody who survived the battle of Iwo Jima is pretty much a war hero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I, I survived, and like, so this football stuff, this was that macho man stuff that grandpa, you know, had the stuff that grandpas watch. You know what I'm saying? My grandpa's a macho man. Grandpa, you know, he's got a, you know, and this is the type. Yeah. He's also from upstate New York. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Frank. Oh, we got Mariah in the house. Mariah, 49er Faithful Lee. What up, Mariah? 
did a show with her earlier tonight. Make sure you go and check her out. I love the um, little the little like emoji logo picture thing. That's that's sweet. Oh, she's a boss. I gotta get one of those. Like the little like cartoon myself. <laughs> hey, yeah. I I am not as fluid with those yet. It's something I'm going to get into. <laughs> yeah. I, I will I will be doing them at some point, but I do I do lots of other stuff. As you can tell with the, the thumbnails and the backdrops. Um yeah with that is there anything else you'd like to talk about anybody you you think we might have left off you think the 49ers might get anything like that i don't know i mean so john lynch said that this is like a really deep draft class and i definitely think like that definitely think it's that way at some positions like defensive end there's a lot of defensive ends that I like. I listed quite a few of them here that are like, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth rounders, uh, tight end. There's a lot of really good tight ends in this class. Um, I think there's like five or six of them that I would love to get on day three. Um, so like being that those are positions that I think are, you know, kind of needs for the team, you know, we need a, we don't really have any tight end depth behind Kittle because like Dwelly and Warner, they're on, they're on one year contract. So we don't really have any depth beyond next year and they're kind of replacement level guys. So like tight ends a need, you need tight ends. Defensive end is a need. You need defensive ends. There's a lot of those guys. Um, I feel like there's not a whole lot of corners that I like. Um, I was trying to find like corners that I like deep in the draft class and there's really not like the best corners I feel like are going to be gone by like the fourth round after that. Definitely. There's, that, like, there, there's is, a couple that I think are pretty good in the fourth round. Like, you know, isn't Riley that par for the course every year? Corner. Isn't that kind of par for the course every year? Yeah. But for me, it's like, at least I'm able to find guys that I like for one reason or another. Okay. Like there's, there's a lot of guys that I really like at defensive end, at tight end, at safety that are going to be there like fifth, sixth round. Like I you're really saying like the drop off, that. the drop off is so, so big this year, but after that, that it's, it's yeah. It's okay. like, I barely found anybody after like the fourth round, like, uh, like corner wise that I could get excited about. Um, like there was a few guys that I really like in like the third, fourth round after that, there wasn't really anybody I was excited about. Um, same thing with like guards. Um, I don't know if you think guard is a need or not, not at like, all. I felt like, I felt like every single guard I watched, I was like, yeah, he's a fifth, sixth round guard, whatever. Stupid fifth, fucking round Mel guard. Kuiper. Mel Kuiper thinks we're picking a fucking guard. Like which guard? <laughs> well, <laughs> Like he is. Oh my god! He, I, I was just reading his thing. It's like, oh, the Niners. I think with they either pick ninety nine or pick one hundred one, he had us picking a guard. And I was like, this guy is a fucking idiot. If he hasn't it noticed, amazes me how oh little they god. know about the team. Oh, we've taken fucking twenty guards in the last three years. If we don't have a guard who can back up another guard right now, we should probably just quit. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I feel like. like I feel like they always draft a tackle and then move him to guard. That's what I'm saying. If they draft a tackle, they move him to guard. If they draft a center, they just use him as a guard. 
It's just <laughs> like, like I would have rather seen. I don't know. I I like Poe at center. I don't see Poe playing guard. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen at right tackle and right guard because I think we added think, uh who's that guy John Feliciano. I well, think he's going to compete with Burford for right guard, which means that if he wins that, does that mean that Burford and McKivitz could potentially compete at right tackle? Because right tackle is like the biggest question mark. And don't they forget keep about Pryor. Like Colton McKivitz. We also signed Pryor the right tackle or the, the swing tackle. So That's you've got true. I keep forgetting about him. You you can have a three way between Burford, um, McKivitz, and um Pryor. Which, See, I like that way more than saying we well, need a guard. Uh so we also got Nick Shakelge and Jason Poe on the yeah. team who can who can fill in for that spot, which um John Lynch said that Zakel uh had a really good offseason workout. Like the 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 weight room guy is really ecstatic about that. Yeah, stock rising. I, yeah, I just when it comes to tackle, I I've heard reports that that they haven't asked Burford to move to right tackle yet. So I would think that that well that was, that was a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know any new any new news if there was anything said at uh, we call it not training camp but phase one. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if anything was changed there, but that could be the thing. Also, you got to look at how the offensive scheme might be changing. We might be running a lot more power versus mm-hmm. outside zone. So if that's the case, I see them going to somebody like uh, Pryor because McKivitz essentially in a power run scheme goes to guard overnight. Yeah. Like he's not he's not a power run scheme tackle. He's more of an outside zone scheme tackle slash guard. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's he he's like a, a tweener guard tackle. That's yeah. The, that's kind of how I see him as a like a tweener. He's not yeah, really a, like we were saying. They like they like getting these kind of undersized athletic college tackles and moving them to guard because they want to have that like speed on the inside for the for well, the wide zone. That's Whereas on the right side. A lot of the guys are that's on the right side. A lot side, of college dude. guards just kind of like they like heftier guys on the left side. Yeah. So the way I put it is Kyle, the right side is the hammer and the left side is the anvil. And you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay. I like that. That's the philosophy like that. for me is is it's the hammer and the anvil. I feel like uh I feel like we'll have a much better idea about how the offensive line is going to shape up at a rookie mini camp or whatever in May cuz that's when they'll actually get all those guys out there and they'll have, you know, their their 10 or 15 offensive linemen or however many, and they'll be putting them in at different positions. Yes. And we'll actually get like snap counts for reps. Like, Hey, Poe took eight reps at center two at left guard. It looks like they like him at center. Hey, they took Burford. They gave Burford eight reps at uh right tackle. And then they gave, uh, you know, the other guy Let's, that you mentioned, See, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't even necessarily mean anything. Cause Yes. It yes. Gives it gives us be. an idea about what they're thinking and what they want to try. Yeah, but like, look, 
let's say somebody they put him in for eight eight reps at one and then two at the other. Maybe the eight reps reps at the one was because he wasn't doing well, and they're trying to see if they should even continue running him anymore at the situation. The That's other true. two might have been just send him back to his old thing and let him be, oh, he did great there. Okay, we got no more to see there. We know he can work at that position. Let's figure out these other guys right now. That's true. So, or they want to try someone else at a position. So they're yep. like, hey, we want to try him here. So you go do that for a few reps. And also, if you remember correctly, everybody had uh, like snap counts last year. So yeah. there might be a thing where one day somebody can't can't go. So now you have to play out, out of position just because somebody snap counts. You know what I'm saying? Somebody hit their snap counts or somebody's injured. You know what I mean? So you got to fill in for them. And that's not the position this and that, but you got to be a body. You know what I mean? You might as well learn where you're at. Yeah. So yep. that's, it. it is a good idea. Like if you consistency, consistently see day after day, them putting Burford at right tackle, then, yeah. you know, then, you know, they're really trying to get a good look. You know what yeah. I mean? They're they're They got him half and half and they're trying to figure out where he might be more effective. And it, the, the answer might be with somebody else's tape. See if you know somebody else doesn't have a better a better outcome at a at the tackle position than Burford or vice versa with guard. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I I do really like what you said there about like consistency. Like uh again, like Grant Cohn, I don't really like the YouTube or the Twitter, but I do like the reporting that he does. I really like how in training camp he'll come out and say, Hey, you know this player did this this many times and I typically won't pay attention to like one day's reporting, but when you see trends happening and things consistently happening, that's when you really start paying attention to like training camp reports because anybody can have a good day in training camp, but typically you see the people when it's like, Hey, this guy's like kicking butt every single day, every single day. That's when you really start paying attention is when you consistently start seeing good or bad. If you never hear about a guy, it's probably not good. If you're always hearing good stuff about him, if they're up and down, then it's just kind of a wash. But that's, again, like one of those things where you, you got to watch for the consistency in the reporting. Uh, what's this guy said? One more time, depth. Two quarterbacks. I did not understand this. And he's speaking to you anyway, so. <laughs> well, I think what he's saying is like how many people that we uh, keep on the roster at each position versus previously. Oh. So like instead of having like five running backs, like minus one. So maybe we'll only have four running backs or instead of like. Well, what's this half attack? Two. I got point five uh, a tackle. Oh, we got point five I mean, of yeah. safety over here too. Okay. That makes sense. So together we got, we got a safety tackle, a stackle. We got a stackle. <laughs> yeah. um, or we also got plus plus point five DL and minus point five something. But yeah, no, I think uh, it's a margin comparing the depth of the class. So a class is considered oh. QB class. Oh, okay. The margins on the positions of how they differed. That makes more sense. Okay. Thank you, Levi. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I yeah, know, no, Joe. I, uh, he he told sense. us. We he told us, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving Joe some crap. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the draft. There's also like, I know it's always kind of silly to get excited about undrafted guys, but the undrafted guys matter too. Every year we have one or two undrafted guys that kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, this last year it was Jordan Mason. So, you know, we're going to draft, we might trade up Yeah, super deep at edge. I agree. There's a lot of guys, um, but, you know, we got to get to 90. I think we've got like 60 something players right now. We have 11 draft picks. We need 90 players. So somehow we're going to draft some guys. We're going to undraft, get some guys. We're going to sign some more, you know, vet minimum guys off the streets in the next month or two. We got to get to 90 and then we got to figure out who the best 53 are. So right now we're here. We got to go like that. And then we got to go back down to that. And uh, it's a fun process. Supposedly our 49ers have a few guys who have only visited the 49ers. That is kind of par for the course for the 49ers. We we find these guys that nobody else gives a shit about. And then for some reason, they're the ones everybody should have drafted. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knew to look at them. And I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, I don't oh, even dude, think I they do. I love David Allen out of Clemson. I don't think they do uh, top 30s with running backs, really. And I think the reason is is because they just they did a couple of them. Well, they 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 don't uh, how to put it. It's like they do their due diligence, but they don't they don't look at any guys that they are ever really trying to bring in. I think for the most part, because it did seems you... like everybody is always going after their running backs. Yeah. Did you see uh did you see Steph Sanchez's uh like Twitter thread today where she was talking about top 30 visits in the Kyle Shanahan era? No. So it's pretty cool. I retweeted it, but basically Shout out what it to was, Steph, was though. Huh? Shout out to Steph though. Everybody go and Dude, check her out. Awesome. Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah, Steph Steph Sanchez is awesome. Um, but she had a thread that she made and it was basically every year since Shanahan and Lynch took over, um, how many of their top 30 visits, uh, they actually drafted or brought onto the team. And every year since they've started, uh, of the top 30 visits, it was like they drafted two or three of the top 30 visits. And then they also typically added one or two of those guys from that top 30 visits later on. So yeah. like they may not have got them as like in our rookie contracts, but then they brought them in like after two years or something, or after they were undrafted, they brought them in. So well, the I top 30 visits aren't everything, but it was like three to five every year of the top 30 ended up on the team. They also use the combine to really get in touch with some of these players where like, I, I tell people a lot, this a lot because it, it explains what the 49ers are looking to do especially when it comes to defensive linemen, when they're talking to those defensive linemen, even though they don't draft them, what they're looking for is they're looking to do a trade for those guys in two to three years for nothing for like a, a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick, you know, a nothing for them because they've already done, they just, they're, they're trying to figure out somebody's personality. They're Arden really King. trying to figure out some, they're trying to figure out somebody's personality to see if if they will mesh. They're already figuring out all the stuff in the the room with as far as the tape goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know we might not be in position. Look at Colin Farrell. 
I don't know if they interviewed Clearly. with him. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, I, I, I said the moment he came on this team, I'm going to call him Colin. It's just going to end up <laughs> happening. I can remember Cleveland is if I, uh, if I think of Cleveland from the Cleveland show, or yeah. from Family Guy. But yeah. yeah, so Cleveland Farrell came in, and I was just like, this is one of those guys, you know, that goes high. They do, they do like a, a an interview with. They know they're not going to get them. But what they do is they do their due diligence to figure out what that is a person. And when they don't work out later on for another team, like Javon Kinlaw, if he doesn't work out, we can trade him with another team who with another defensive lineman that didn't work out. It'd be like, hey, we'll trade you our problem for your problem. We'll see if we both can't have a better <laughs> result. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 what we do. And normally, you know, Niners are like, yeah, we'll take a seventh for that guy. And it's like, it works because they knew they had all the tangibles. They knew that in our system, they would shine. Yeah. But all they're really doing in those interviews to me is figuring out what does the person have between the ears and in the chest? Yeah. How much heart do they have and how much, you know, what can they take care of between theirs? Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh again like that's one reason why i really like the uh i wish i had wine or whiskey oh <laughs> talking about my purple face crying yeah um yeah. no that's one thing that i love about like shanahan and lynch is they're really good at this um oh here we go yeah ben sims they met with him um I kind of liked him. I think he needs to develop a little bit more strength, but he looked like a pretty good athlete and receiver at tight end. Uh, the tight end Baylor. I think I had like a, like a six or seventh round grade on Ben Sims. So again, like undrafted guy, seventh rounder, you want a tight end. I'm down with it. Dante stills was fun. Um, Foskey is probably going to be gone way before us. He's a beast. Dude, if Isaiah Foskey fell to us, I would, I would probably pee my pants in excitement. He's probably going. Do you know who John V early, is? Early second round. Who? John V. John uh, V is the host offhand. of the locker room rant. Oh, okay. Well, you're missing out because John V is a very smart gentleman. Um, but he's a big was Ohio State fan. Uh, Zach Harrison, he's been pounding the pavement for Zach Harrison left and right. Zach Harrison, Zach Harrison, really Zach, like Zach Harrison. Yeah, I, I've seen some tape, and he wasn't lying. It's just I don't see us going up that far to get him, and I don't see there's any way of him falling that far to us. He would – what? He might he might fall. There was, there was two issues that I had with him, but I'm okay with both of the issues. What are, uh, well, what are so, his issues? So he doesn't have very much bend. I, I very rarely saw him be able to like bend around an offensive tackle. Um, so I have a little bit of concerns about that, but you don't have to have bend to be a productive defensive end. Uh, the second thing was that his pass rushing technique wasn't all that great, but I don't really care because he's 21 years old and he's got a crazy like physical tools to work with. I love Zach Harrison he because kind of slow. He's he's six he five two seventy with like thirty six long inch arms. He can take up a lot of space with big strides. 
He's powerful. Like he is like a moldable ball of clay. And I think that year three, year four, Zach Harrison is going to be like a menace. I don't know how good he's going to be year one, but just like he's 21 and he has all the physical tools. You just coach him up. I would love to pick him in like the, the third, fourth round where we're picking. He's a guy I would be happy to add. Yeah, no, his, his tape looked good. It just, it, he seems slower to me. And my thought is essentially it's the hammer and the anvil. You know, I, I want a speed guy as the hammer and I want the strong guy as the anvil. So the, the hammer is constantly pushing whatever into the anvil. And I think he'd be the Bosa's Bosa's our anvil to me. Bosa is our anvil. He's, he's, he's extremely strong. It's not that he could just, he could bull rush you. Don't get me wrong, but it's, that's not like, that's not how he's trying to do it every round, every, every rep. But he's he's the strength there. He's not necessarily fast, but he's uh he's got a motor on him and he never stops. So to me, he's not fast, but he's quick. Like when he wins, he can win real quick. And yes, he might not be the fastest guy chasing you, but he can beat that offensive lineman in a, in a split second with just his cross chop. He thing. can he can get up to full speed in probably about one and a half steps. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When, when it's I like played, his, his I know speed might only be 40 miles an hour, but it's like zero to 40 in two seconds. <laughs> right. Like when I played, I knew by my third step, I was almost up to full sprint. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't totally there, but I know I could be in three steps. I could be moving pretty fast. And that's a lot of momentum. If you get your weight up going enough, you know, so, yeah. yeah. It it's yeah. But hey, no, Zach Zach Harrison is an interesting prospect. He's uh he's not perfect, but you know, he's one of those guys that's probably going to drop into the third or fourth round. And uh one thing again, I really like just the fact that he's so young. This draft class is weird because of COVID. Uh, all the like all the like college players or whatever got like an extra year or two of like eligibility. There's a ton of guys that are coming out that are like 24, 25 years old. And like it's I think a lot of the reason some of the, a lot of the guys who are expected to go higher than draft is just because they're young. So like what would you rather have a 25 year old college pass rusher or a 21 year old, 22 year old? pass rusher rookie like do do you want a guy who is 25 26 as a rookie or like 22 because you can get both in this draft it would depend i would think yeah i would i would spend my draft capital my good draft capital on a young guy and i would use my later draft capital on an older guy okay why why would you do it that way because I think you get the same effect out of it. So everybody's going to want the younger guy. So he's going to be more sought after. <clears throat> so it's going to, yeah. or you would think. So I'd rather go up and get a better talent that's younger and then wait for an older talent with with a cheaper pick because people are going to look at the age. Oh, we're going to have him. We'll be 
able to renew his contract when he's 28, 29. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, that, man, not when you look at it that way. You know what I mean? So I would rather yeah. pay for the younger guy and, you know, let's say, you know, a second and a fifth. We probably get the same player out of them in two years. You know, they'd probably be the same player, if not the the older one, I think, would be the, the better player sooner. But I, I could think you could get the same play out of them, you know, within a couple of years. And like one of them is going to be going out of the league. High ceiling. Yeah. Because you're yeah. like, you're betting on development with the younger guy, whereas the older guy, you're like, hey, he should be plug, plug and play, play kind of. Yep. And if you if you get your young guy, if you if you scout him well enough, he should be able to take over for your plug and play guy and be better. You know what I mean? If you do it right, if you sit him, you know, train him up, hit the weight room right, he should be able to be better. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, with that so many so many think, questions, uh, so many possibilities. Most definitely. And we're hitting the two hour mark now. So I think we should probably wrap it up here. (laughs) Um, Go ahead again and let people know where they can find you and uh, what all things like uh, shot, how they should hit you up if they want your 85 page draft review. Yeah. um, So the podcast again, just Brian Carter, nine, nine, all one word, no spaces or anything. Just go to Apple podcast or Spotify. I'm on both of those. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. I'm probably going to be doing uh, one or two this week. I'll probably do a couple post draft, just talking about the guys we got. And then I'll probably won't have a whole lot to post because there's not really a whole lot that happens, you know, until mid May. And then, you know, so I probably won't do a lot over the summer. Um, Twitter. I'm on all the time. Brian PNW nine, nine, just follow me at me, uh, DM me if you want a copy. Um, just literally just email, just DM me on Twitter, what your, uh, email address is and I'll just email you the PDF. It's yeah, it's just 85 pages of notes, just PDF file. That's pretty Thank much you, Mariah. it. <laughs> She says, great show, fellas. want to thank her for tuning in. I want to thank everybody else for tuning in. We had a fire chat tonight. Really appreciate everybody for showing up. Um, And with that, I want to let you know we've got a a draft show going. uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, I invited Brian on. He might be there. Yeah. We'll give you the... I'll I'll send you the link... uh, Yeah, I'll send you the link, so it'll be cool. in your DM yeah, waiting for you, and we'll bring you on in whenever you want. Yeah, I got. Uh, I think I'm going to hop on with uh, John Chapman on uh, Friday night. I work a day job, so I won't be able to hop on anything until like 6 or 7 o'clock on Friday. They'll probably be finishing by then. Uh, but like Saturday, I'm free, and that's going to be like all the guys that I wrote up about. So I don't have any plans. I'd be happy yep. to jump, jump on for a little bit. Most definitely. I'll drop you the link. And with that, sweet. I want to say good evening and have yourselves a blast. Go 49ers and can't wait for this draft to get here. Hell yeah.
All right. I uh, hope that you enjoyed that. Again, I had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, as always, like, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, all that good stuff. Um, you know what to do. And as always, go Niners. <laughs>